Thank you for listening to the Troy Podcast, where we promote, educate, inspire, and entertain creators of all things related to fantasy and science fiction. Hi, this is Carson with Troy, and I'm with Jasmine Young, and she has written the Four Kingdoms origin novels, and they are a, a fantasy um, series, and I'm excited for Jasmine to be on here. And Jasmine, go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Thank you so much, Carson, for having me on. So my name is Jasmine Young. I am the number one best-selling author of Stormfire, which is the first book in the Four Kingdoms Origin series. So that's a young adult series. I first got published in 2019, so not very long ago. It was a 15-year dream for me to become published. So I can say, while it's been very exciting, it's also been very unexpected. I think a lot of authors or aspiring authors out there think that once they get published, their world's going to change and you're going to be successful overnight, which isn't the case. And I think that is for the best because you learn so much and you learn how to be better, not only for yourself, but for other people. So it's me in a nutshell. Now, I read your bio and I thought it was fascinating. Go ahead and tell everybody about that. Yes. So I will start out by saying I do believe that everybody everywhere has an inner legend waiting to be called. Right. So that's my part of my tagline. Part of my tagline is be the legend of your story. Mm -hmm. So how this all came about my story. Okay, so I want to be a motivational speaker as much as I love writing and I'm going to continue writing for the rest of my life, I believe. As my journey has gone on and I've learned more about myself, I realize that I want to be a speaker and I feel that that's really what I'm called to be. So when I was putting together my brands prior to me getting published, I knew that I really like fantasy and I also really like self-help, but one's nonfiction and one's fiction. So right. I thought to myself, how do you combine that? Should that be separate brands? Should there be a Jasmine Young for writing? And should there be a Jasmine Young for self-help? And I was like, no, that's going to be too crazy because I want everybody to know me for the same thing. So as I started to think about this, I realized that you could use fantasy. What I like about fantasy so much is it has so many of the elements of the hero's journey, right? So that's so applicable to real life. So that's how I branded myself in my story. So considering that I want to be a motivational speaker to motivate other people to inspire and help people reach their dreams and goals, I started out being super anxious as a kid. I was very shy, very introverted, had no idea how to talk to people. And I went for entire semesters at school, not ever saying a word in class. Oh, wow. Now I got good grades being half Asian. It's so true. You need to be perfect with your grades. So I got really good grades, but the everything else in terms of the confidence, I was just so lacking as a kid. And that was brought into my teen years. It was brought into my early 20 years and by the time I was 21 years old, a couple of things had happened. I'd met a couple of entrepreneurs locally who introduced me to the idea of financial independence, which I thought was super cool. Didn't really know what it was. But what I came to realize was that really what that meant was personal freedom, the confidence and the ability to be your highest self and who you are. And I wanted that so badly. I just felt so much anxiety and had an eating disorder and low confidence and just all these issues. And I was like, I need to find a way to get over this to free myself for sanity, but also because I want to use that to help other people and say, hey, if this super messed up person was able to overcome all these things, imagine what you can do because you probably don't have like half the amount of like, I was just the worst when it came to talking to people. So I was like, if I could do it, you totally can too. So my journey went on and over time, long story short, I was able to overcome those things. And even though I'm still a work in progress, I'm not perfect. That story is, is my hero's journey and what I'm using to reach out to people. So yes, I write fantasy, but 
what I really want people to see when they see my name, Jasmine Young, or when they see my series is not just, oh, another YA epic fantasy to read and move on to the next series, but more so of a, wow, when I read this series and I think of Jasmine Young, it's a reminder to me that I can be the legend that's in me. So that's my story. And that's what my website reflects. Yeah, that's fantastic. You have a beautiful website, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. It took me forever to build. It's still a work in progress, but thank you. Yeah, it's fantastic. So you said that Stormfire was a 15-year journey. Correct. Is that just with everything you know, your hero's journey? Or was it, did you have this idea for a fantasy novel 15 years ago? And that's how long it took you to write? Yeah, so that's also a long story. So I'll keep it. Here's the shortened version of it. So I started writing when I was 11 years old. I really like to create stories for my little sister. We used to play toy horses and that turned into written stories. Mm -hmm. And at 13, I read Aragon. Have you read Aragon? I have. Do you know that? Okay, perfect. All right. I was going to say, if you don't, I'm going to smack you because that's a big <laughs> fantasy. Okay. So Aragon, I read it at 13, completely changed my life. I thought it was the best thing as a kid. And that's where I really started to become serious about wanting to write novels. So by the time I was 15, about two years later, I was in 10th grade and the idea of Stormfire and the world came to me. So I started writing some more and that entire series, the original series was written 2008, 2009. Well, being a 15, 16 year old kid, my writing was garbage. So I just felt no confidence with being able to send it out. So it was a 15 year journey of rewriting, coming back to it, leaving it alone, writing some other stuff, coming back to it, re-editing. And I queried it a couple of times. By the time it was 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, at that point, I felt more confident to submit it. And I did, and I kept getting lots of rejections. And it got to the point where I thought to myself, I don't have anything to lose, so might as well just go indie. So I did. And honestly, it's been, for this period of my life, it's been the best thing because being an indie just means being a business owner. And that being a business owner and learning those skills the best skills you could possibly learn, especially right now with COVID and everybody being laid off, the best skills that you could learn. So yeah, so that's why it took so long. It was just, I would say, being a kid, learning to revise and learning to learn your craft and learn your voice, that was what took the longest. Nice. Is the series complete? Uh, it's just the four books or do you have more planned? I know this is um, Four Kingdoms and Origins novel. So mm -hmm. is this the origin and you're going to continue on? <laughs> Yeah, so actually the original series was called Four Kingdoms, but uh -huh. I decided to revise it to Four Kingdoms Origins because the series, what the trilogy that I really, really want to publish, this one I, I do want to publish traditionally, that is the future of the Four Kingdoms series, and it's more of a YA dystopia. So I called it Four Kingdoms Origins because it would be the origins of how things got to be to that dystopian world that I want to write about. But it also just seemed more cool. Like, hey, do you want to read Four Kingdoms versus do you want to read Four Kingdoms Origins? Like maybe it's just in my mind, but it just separated me from the feeling of what Four Kingdoms had been in the past. That series that just I felt was a failure. No. Yeah. I'm, so the series isn't done. Yeah. A couple more books. Couple so more not books. yet. I, and I, I like this because... A lot of times you, when you jump into a series of the book, you know, they have this history and mm -hmm. I always wanted to read that, that history beforehand. And so I think mm -hmm. this is cool that you've written that and then you can, thank you know, you. you can move on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I really want this to not just be a prequel, but just a completely different, like by the time I come out with the trilogy, it's going to be like a radically different story and land and characters. So I just, I really want it to be unique, still a, 
a, hey, this is what happened before, but just its own unique standalone series. Can you give us like a synopsis of the series? Oh, of, that's the hardest the thing, Carson. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, so I'm in Toastmasters and one of the first speeches I gave was how it's impossible for a writer to condense a novel into two sentences, but a series, <laughs> like where do we even start? So the series is about, it follows the story of four teenage characters and the land models after the four elements of earth, water, air, fire. So each teen has their own journey within those elements. And it essentially follows the story of these four teens. They have their own issues that they need to overcome is what each of the first four individual books are about. But the series overall is about how the world is in a sense coming to an end, but there's, so there's a dark race out there. The dark race is planning to enslave the human race. And they've been in hiding, they've been dwindling, their numbers have been dwindling for centuries, but they're now making a comeback. And there's this master grand plan to take over the human race, and it's gonna be hell on earth. So the first four books are following the teens in their individual kingdoms, you know, figuring out what the grand plot is and things are still not too bad. And then the last three books are about, hey, the world is about to end and hell's broken loose. And these four teens need to figure out how to turn that around and only they can, the world's depending on them. And you're going to continue on with the same characters then? Correct. Yeah, I'm a little bit afraid to write the last three books because writing four perspectives into one book, like my current book is already 126,000 words and I'm not even done with it yet. <laughs> I'm like, what's going to happen when I add four characters to one book? I'm afraid, but yeah, that's what it's going to be. That's the plan. I, I, you'll be able to do it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that confidence. <laughs> so what are your writing habits? What like What's a day in the life of Jasmine Young? Yeah, so I will say this. I've had this asked me and my preface to this is everybody's gonna be different, right? So I will tell aspiring authors, you can read Stephen King's on writing, but just because he has a schedule of writing 2000 words a day or more, and he writes for six hours a day, it doesn't mean that has to be your schedule. So you really have to figure out what works best for you. I would say for me, I've been to writers conferences. They say you need to write daily at the same time every day. I need to be perfect. And to be honest, I haven't been doing that. So for me, so for me, I work a full-time day job. So I've noticed for me, my creativity tends to be best in the morning, but there's always that discipline of I need to get up early. And I also gym in the morning and I also do my own morning ritual of things before that. So mm -hmm. I need like two and a half, like three hours maybe to get through that entire morning ritual before I can start my writing. So part of me is like, I don't want to wake up at five every day. Like I want to, but I, I don't want to because I'm struggling with that. So I will, it will really depend. I mean, I really try to fit in at least a couple, a little bit, at least a little bit in the morning, because I've noticed for me, like when I start to write in the morning, that will tend to stay with me for the rest of the day. And if there's something else I start with, if I start with work, that will stay with me for the rest of the day. So whatever you do first thing in the morning, and you set your mind to that's going to stick with you and your subconscious i found at least for me mm -hmm. for the rest of the day so at least just starting my writing in the morning is what i like to do and then afterwards i'll continue on i think the most important thing though isn't just when you write but it's staying consistent so doing it daily as best as you can even if that means just glancing at your writing today because you had so many things to do at least glance at it if you can only write 50 words, fine, just write those 50 words, but just staying consistent. Because the second that you walk away from your book and you have to come back two days later even, I've noticed that you lost the 
it's hard to explain this, the deep connection that you've built. It's like when you stay consistent with it, with your story, you have like this magical portal, this muse that you just have that open door into your story. So you don't want to break that because not writing for a day can break that. Even skipping a morning writing in the evening, at least for me, um, can break that. So it's just stay consistent no matter what. The real reason why I asked this question is for people who are beginning because they might read On Writing by Stephen King and think, oh mm-hmm. man, I got to write 2,000 words. Mm-hmm. It is. And so I like to get people's different um, habits to because everybody is different. Like the I, I just interviewed um, ML Spencer and she writes in the mornings. I interviewed Chad Odom last week and he, he writes in the evenings when he can. Mm, so, interesting. I mean, not everybody... Well, like you said, like when you get a book out, you think it's going to be this life changing thing. And for a lot of people, it's not, it's still, yeah, it's, 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 it's not romanticized at all. It's, you know, you still have to Mm -hmm. get up and a lot of times go to work, you know, hopefully eventually you can get away from that, but like you still have to go to work. So you have to find time between family work, all the other stuff I have to do and then, and then the writing, you know, so you kind of have to have a passion for it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what people need to realize is writing. I think a lot of people don't take writers as seriously, especially if you're aspiring, you say, I want to be a writer. People are like, oh, that's just a side hobby because anybody can do it. But the thing is, it's so mundane. Like it's, you just sit down and write whatever every day for a little bit and keep doing that over a period of time. And actually today, one of my coworkers, they asked me about my book and I held it up and she was like, wow, I don't know how you would have the time to do that. But the thing is, I've been writing a little bit every day for so long that that ends up turning into a book. So it's nothing grand. You just have to be willing to, as you said, Carson, find the time to do it a little bit every day and just stay consistent. Yeah. And then anybody can can publish a book. That's how you get it done. And it's just like we talked about with the technology, with people reaching, you, know, you know, me reaching out to you, we could meet and not meet. Same, yeah. same with mm-hmm. um, being an author, putting out a book. The technology is there where you can reach out to people, have them edit it, and you can yeah. put it out yourself now. And it it's not as exactly. frowned upon as it was 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I have so much to say about that. My mind's just spinning. But yeah, I agree. There is not never a better time than right now to write a book. Like if you're trying to be aspiring author and you've been saying that for 10,000 years and you're like, well, I'm too busy, I'll get to it tomorrow. You're not going to get to it tomorrow. You have to start today because I do the same thing. I'm like, I'll go, you know, take out the cat litter tomorrow. (laughs) And it just never happens. Like you have to start today. And with COVID changing the world, like I'm so passionate about this, um, not just about writing, but business, you know, about, you know, being a motivational speaker, Right now with COVID changing the world and everybody's gotten laid off and, you know, we still see the effects almost a year later. It just, it's showing you how important it is, I think, to take control of your life. So if there's something you want to do, monetize that. It's not going to be easy. Don't quit your day job to go do it. You know, start small and then build from there. And I think too, you know, we're seeing the world, it's shifting so much to online, right? So we're doing this virtual interview online. My day job now, I'm working remote, it's online. Uh, retail is is dying, you know, in a lot of sectors and it's all shifting to online shopping. Like my groceries, I almost always now, I get it delivered to me from online. So I would say if you're waiting, you know, it's so competitive already right now. Like I have to fight to get my book seen on Kindle mm-hmm. or on Amazon, even though it's a number one bestseller, like I still have to fight. And imagine what it's going to be like competition-wise five, 10 years from now. So now's the time, I really believe, as you'd said, 
if you want to start writing, now's such a great time to do that. There's a lot of opportunity. And we've talked a lot about, we've touched on a lot of things, but we haven't actually said it, that I think momentum is a big key. Like th- oh, this okay. is how easy this is to, to write a book. And granted, it's not easy. I mean, this is just words on page. If you wrote 250 to 300 words a day, which mm-hmm. in a grand scale isn't very big, that's over 100,000 words. That's a novel, you know, a, a right. kind of exactly. a bigger novel. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Momentum has just been the one thing I've been so about. Like everything you do or don't do is going to add up exponentially. And with a book, that's so true. Yeah. You're exactly right. Have you ever read The Compound Effect? I love that book. Yes. I'm so glad you read it too. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. Um, have you read The Slight Edge? I do, yeah. It's very simple. Oh, perfect. Okay, awesome. It's right, probably right there. Oh, you, probably, okay. you, can, you can't see him, but I'm still trying to see it. Yeah, you won't be able to see oh, it. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I love Jeff Olson. Okay, yeah, yeah, he's he's really good. They're both really good. Yeah, exactly. It's just that's how I beat anxiety. It was one day at a time. You know, one day at a time. You tell yourself, "I'm confident." And you don't feel confident, but you do it again the next day and the next day, next day, next day. And over time, years and years pass. And then you're building all that momentum. And now it's so massive that you see the change. Same thing with the book. Right. right. (laughs) So 2019, your book comes out and then you have four more in two years. Like, how does that happen? Like how you got to write fast. (laughs) That is the compound effect right there. So when I had prepared for Stormfire's publication, I was already working on book two, Queen of Diamonds, and it was already almost done. So by the time Stormfire was published, Queen of Diamonds was pretty much all done too. And I just had so much time. Okay, so I, especially during the pandemic, had zero social life and had no dating life. So I had lots and lots of hours to just write a book. And that's what I did. I just really wanted to pump it out as quickly as possible. Book four, it's taking me about like, I would say eight to 12 months is like the sweet spot for me to put out a book. But that's because again, like, especially with the pandemic, me having just moved to Florida, I have a lot more time because I'm not around other people as much. So for me, honestly, I think that it's taking me a lot longer than it normally would another indie, because I think there's a lot of advice out there to just pump out books, pump out books. And personally, I think that's horrible advice because what I realized for me in the beginning, that's what I did for book two. I pumped it right out, but I had no following. I had no marketing skills. So I did that. I pumped out my third book. Nobody knew about that one either. And it's only now that I'm really catching up and people are really starting to know more about me. So I think it's more important about taking the time that you need to, to write a really quality book that can stand out rather than garbage and then writing more garbage and then not even marketing that. You know, so I think actually I'm taking a really long time <laughs> to write my books. But yeah, no, I had a lot of this already pre-planned and pre-done prior to Stormfire. Okay. Nice. What have been some of the challenges that you've come across as an indie publisher? Absolutely the marketing portion and being a business owner. I think that there's a lot of resources out there where you can learn how to write. And I think a lot of aspiring authors already have that innate talent. They just need to work on it like I did for 15 years and really hash that out. But having a writing brain versus having a business brain completely different. And I will look at what everybody's doing. Like I look to look at what authors are doing, but also to see what companies in general and in every industry is doing to see how they're marketing and, and selling and branding themselves. 
And I think that in itself, like not everybody can be an indie because not everybody can be a business owner. It really takes a lot of emotional intelligence and it takes a lot of human psychology. So if you're not willing to learn that, you're not gonna be successful. You could write the best books in the world, but you're not gonna be successful. And I realized that was my problem. Everybody was coming back and saying, oh, wow, Jasmine, Stormfire, Queen of Diamonds, such great books. And I was like, well, then why aren't more people buying my books? And it's because I wasn't marketing enough and marketing strategically. So that's the thing is, it was so sobering for me to realize that I would say being an indie writer is maybe 70% marketing and 30% writing, which is again, so sobering because you're like, well, like, you know, that's not fair because like all the fake writers are making all the money. They're really more business owners than writers. And I write better than them. And I'm like, I know what you mean. That's so true. But you really do have to have that business mindset to make, to make it work. So if this is just more of a, you know, if you're coming to me and saying, Hey, Carson or Hey Jasmine, I am an aspiring author. Okay. What's your goal? Are you wanting to do this full-time as a career? Or are you just really trying to publish a book? Cause if it's just one book, you know, that's great. But the strategy for that is going to be different than if you want to write full-time. And if you want to write full-time, you better realize that it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of sanity, so much sanity, because when your sales are up, you're going to be happy. When your sales are down, you're going to be sad. And even for you, like you need to learn how to master your own human psychology as well. So I would say the business side by far is what's been hardest. And what I noticed most, and you might already know this, Carson, most indie authors, if you ask that, them that question, they all say, man, it's the marketing part that I really struggle with. Yeah. And I always ask the question, cause I think there's, there's four initial things to be an indie publisher and then a fifth. So there's the writing aspect. There's finding a good right. editor, finding a good cover artist. And then the marketing is probably the biggest one. And then the fifth one is if you ever do audible or, you know, audiobooks. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. and you, as an indie, <clears throat> as an indie publisher and writer, you're in control of all of those. You know, you don't send it to a big publishing house and they take care of all that for you. You have to be involved in that. And like you said, yeah. people that I've talked to, marketing has been the biggest one. So how do you stay current? Have you found a trick or, a trick or tip to, <laughs> to kind of, because I know yeah. even like two years ago, you're out of date. You're out of date. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I would say what's really important is try to not be so narrow-minded and just see, okay, what are the other authors doing? see what the other companies are doing. What are the top marketing books out there? You know, I will listen to marketing um, audiobooks on Audible, uh, the top marketing books out there. I'm going to go read that. Even if it's not marketed for authors, there's something that they're doing that I can apply to my business that guaranteed most authors in this sphere are not doing because they're focusing on author marketing. Mm -hmm. So I think it's good to still take classes on author marketing. I do that, but expand to the other departments, the other industries as well. So books, um, courses too. I think it's really great to be able to take courses on marketing as well. Do you know, maybe you might know um, Dean Graziosi? I, no, I don't. Okay. So I know he's partnered with Tony Robbins right now. They have this really big thing going called KBB, but long story short, I learned so much marketing through listening to their courses. And that was originally to help me with my own non-writing. It was to help me with my motivational speaking business that I wanted to start. Come to find out all those things that I'd learned back in 2019, so applicable for writing. Mm -hmm. So it's so important. You have to expand and constantly be learning. What I mean by that is, again, just the compound effect. You have to decide what your priorities are going to be because you have to juggle writing and you have to juggle marketing and you have to juggle 
your job, you have to juggle your kids and your family and self-care and stupid stuff like taking out the cat litter and showering and pooping. You know? <laughs> like there's so many things you have to juggle. So you have to really figure out, okay, what is my priority in this season? If it's marketing, then listen to an audiobook on marketing every day, or at least do something every week to learn that, you know, little by little, you don't have to be perfect. You know, if you don't hit every day, that's fine, but be consistent, do it every week, at least to learn something new. We're going to go into your personal life here. Let's, you said you had a morning routine. How important is that? Like, and, and what do you do just out of curiosity? So important. It's so important. If I don't have a morning routine, Carson, I, my day falls apart. So I found for me, like I am a control freak. So I really like to have that routine going because it makes me feel like I'm in control and the day just starts out right. So I would say what I'm trying to do right now, I keep revising my morning routine, but I'll wake up. Um, my goal is to wake up at, at around like 6.30, 6.30. Um, so the first thing I'll do is, <laughs> I can get really micro here, but after I brush my teeth, feed the cat, I'll run straight to the gym because what I notice is the longer I wait, if I'm like, oh, I'll read my Bible first and I'll write down my goals. The longer I wait to run to the gym, I'm not gonna wanna do it. So as soon as I can, I run straight out, go to the gym, come back, read my Bible, and then I re, uh, I write down my goals. So specifically for my goals, I'll write down the top 10 things that I want to accomplish, but I'll write it in the present tense. Mm -hmm. So I am a number one best-selling author, um, New York best-selling best author, as all authors want to be. And I'll do that every day. And when you're doing that in the morning, that's programming your mind. You might know this, you know, with all the, the self-help that you read. Um, it's programming your mind to keep your mind focused on those goals. And what I found is really cool that's happening is that even though some of these goals are way, way, way far out, when I have all these opportunities that are coming to me and I have to really prioritize, I've gotten so clear on what I'm supposed to be doing. So as an example, today I was walking, I was taking a walk and I got an email earlier this uh, earlier today from somebody who was like, hey, want me to review your books? And I checked out her website and she was charging people $30 to review their books. And knowing that authors really struggle with marketing and business, I bet there's a lot of authors out there that are like, okay, sure, you know, you know, review my book for me because they're not sure to get reviews. And I thought to myself, wow, that could be pretty lucrative if I just start marketing. I'm like, hey, I'll review your book for $50, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. But then I thought to myself, hold on, Jasmine, you know what your goals are and you're not going to have time to do all of these things plus review books and charge for them. So what's your goal? Yeah. And that helped me realize, okay, that's a great idea, but not for me, not in this season of life. So I think it's really important for me to do that. And then after that, when I'm done, I might or might not have breakfast. I usually have tea and then I'll start writing until it's work time. Okay. And when you sit down to write, do you have mm -hmm. a specific goal? Like, do you have a word count goal or I just want to get this scene done before I leave? What do you, yeah. Yeah. So it really depends on the season. So when I'm in writing season, meaning I'm on my first draft, it's a new book and I haven't ever written a draft before on it. My goal is to write, I do it by week. So my goal per week is 10,000 words a week. And that's where I'm like, for me, that works best rather than a daily goal. Cause sometimes I might just have a day where I'm like, I can only write 250 words, but on Saturday and Sunday, I can write 5,000, mm -hmm. you know? So I set a weekly goal of 10,000. Um, if I'm in a season of editing, which I'm in right now, I'm a lot more lax because I found for me, it's a lot harder for me to track a word count when I'm editing. So I try not to be so stiff. I used to be so stiff, like, and be like, oh, but Stephen King says 2000 words a day. So what do you do if you're also editing? Does it mean you edit and also write 2000 words a day? And I'm like, that's crazy. That doesn't work for me. So I don't think that works for I most people. <laughs> 
yeah yeah it would just be like it would make you bonkers so for me I'm a lot more lax like I don't really have a Carson like I've just I feel like the last year since becoming published in the pandemic has really mellowed me out because I used to be very stiff and type a and like I have to meet this goal today these other 10 goals otherwise like I'm a horrible person and I'm not being productive and I'm not achieving so at this point in time, like, you know, I need to slow down for my mental health. And if it means I can't track my words when I'm editing, fine, I can't track my words. I'll just do the best that I can today. So my goal will be to spend at least an hour if two, two if possible to edit, Okay. which is like garbage, you know, to somebody else that's like, that's horrible. Like you should have some sort of quantifiable goal, but it's just that the season I'm in, you know, it's just a lot more lax for me. And then if I'm in the last season where the book <clears throat> is all done and I'm waiting for um, you know, I'm waiting to get it published and I have book designer and interior designer working on it. Then at that point, I might or might not write at all. Okay. So, yeah, it's just, I think it really depends on the season. When you are done editing your your novel, do you send that to somebody else or are you pretty good at identifying what you need to do to edit it? Yeah, yeah. So I would say in the beginning, what I really recommend any aspiring author to do, if you can, is to get a developmental editor. So when I was first writing Stormfire, I got a developmental editor and that's where they really dive deep into your structure and they tell you any plot issues that you're having, any characterization, like very, if you could think of like a massage, it's like a deep tissue massage and it's very time consuming and you're going to, you know, cry, uh, you're going to cry mentally because you have to change a lot but it's going to help you learn so much about the craft of writing that you can apply to the next book. Again, it can get pretty pricey. So if you're willing to put in the, the money and the time, if you have that, I would so recommend that for everybody, both fiction and nonfiction. For me at this point in time, I don't feel the need to have a developmental editor. I do read almost every day how to improve my writing craft. And I've been doing that for many years. So at this point, I'm like, okay, I know how to Part of the reason, okay, so back to your question, how do you put out a book so quickly, you know, a quality book eight to 12 months? It's, you really have to know how to write a book professionally. So you really need to get the plot down and characterization down. And I've really honed it so, uh, so closely that at this point I could plot out a book within a couple of days, write it. Like every single time I write a new book, it's getting faster and faster and I have to make less edits and the ratings are going up because I know the exact formula of how to do it. And I know some people hate that. They're like, oh, formula for writing. But there's a certain structure. Like if you think about screenwriting, they all have a very certain structure to follow. Mm -hmm. Act one, act two, act three, or maybe act four. And when you follow that, then you can fill that in with all the other stuff you want to pants with if you want to. And so um, I've learned how to do that. So I, I can just throw out the developmental editor, save the money. I do have a line by line edit though, copy editor that can get a little bit expensive. I will say, I think that's worth it because the mistake I made with Stormfire was I'd spent so much money on it that I was like, well, I don't want to also hire a copy editor and a proofreader. And I just published it and my ratings in the beginning were so horrible because there are typos everywhere. You can't catch them. You could be the best writer in the world. You can't catch them. You need separate pairs of eyes. And even today, it's been a year and a half. I still get comments that there are typos in there. So you have to, I would strongly recommend that you also get a copy editor. Um, and then for me, I just throw out the proofreader because my copy editor pretty much catches everything. Okay. Do you have beta readers as well to tell you? How no, no, I don't believe in beta readers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's just me. Okay. That's just me. So I realized that most authors or most aspiring authors are, okay. I think that most of the time your beta readers are either going to be other authors 
other aspiring authors, other readers for pleasure or friends and family, they are not professional. Okay, okay, I, minus the writers. They're not necessarily professional writers and editors the way your developmental editor or your copy editor might be. So some, and here's what happened. Okay, so when I submitted my um, one of my books a long time ago to beta readers, I was getting feedback left to right that was like opposite ends of the spectrum. And I was like, wait, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, whose feedback do I take? And I was just even more confused than prior, than prior to me sending out the beta reads. So it comes back to one of those things where I think even most writers don't know. It's crazy to say this, like I'm, I say this humbly, like it took me a long time, but most writers, if you're not reading on how to improve your craft daily, like that's a problem. If you want to be a full-time writer and be a prol prolific writer, you have to read about the craft daily, if not daily, then almost daily to learn how to plot, to learn how to characterize. Because again, there's a very specific way to do it, the way that screenwriters have a very specific way to submit their screenwriting. So unless you find another author who knows that plot structure and how to characterize, then you're getting all this feedback from people who don't know how to plot things out. And they'll just be like, well, I don't really like your character. But somebody else will be like, yeah, I really like your character. Mm. But like an editor, professional editor can say, your character's actions aren't working here because their motivation is X, Y, Z, but here it's coming out as X, Y, Z, or they have no goal or whatever. They have that sharp eye. So I just, <laughs> after realizing that, I was like, I would prefer not to use beta readers, but that's just me and my experience. Fair enough. Um, what about any resources you would recommend? You said reading about you know the craft. Are there any resources that you would recommend? Absolutely. So resources I would recommend, Larry Brooks, Story Engineering. That is honestly the only book you need to read on plotting. Like once you read that book, you're good to go. You can turn out a quality book every eight to 12 months, if not sooner. Another really good I'm one gonna... is Brandilyn Collins. Uh, I think it's getting into character. I'm going to write these down. So, okay. so what was the first yeah. one, Larry? Larry Brooks, Story Engineering. So he has everything on how to write, but like specifically pay attention to the plotting because that's going to change your world. And that's how, what I'm talking about, like if you <clears> learn <throat> that, you can turn a book out like very quickly, like good books. Um, and then the other one for characterization would be Brandilyn Collins, Getting Into Character. So she really breaks down how to characterize. And once you read your her book, you're never going to have to wonder again, um, you're never gonna have to create like crazy questionnaires like I used to with 10,000 questions and you still don't know your character and they're still flopping all over the manuscript. Read that, your characterization is great. So align that plot book, align that characterization book together. The last thing I will say in terms of resources, I'm gonna give credit to Dean Graziosi. So this is where studying other industries and other business, like general business marketing is so helpful. So Dean Graziosi, he does sales and I took one of his courses once and he talked about this really awesome, um, this really awesome exercise that his mentor did on him to help other people determine what their calling was. So it's called the seven levels deep uh -huh. exercise. So basically what you do is you ask the person, what do you want to achieve? What, you know, what's your goal? And then Okay, so for example, if I ask you, like maybe we could do some like quick role play. Okay. What's what do you want to achieve right now, Carson? What's your goal? My goal is to have the number one podcast about fantasy and science fiction. Okay, why do you want to achieve that goal? Well, I want to help other people achieve their goals. Really. Okay, why do you want to help other people achieve their goal? I think that's great, but like, what's the why behind that? Why? Um, I just love helping people. 
(laughs) (laughs) Where does that come from? Like, why, why do you feel that passion? Like, what do you gain from that? Like, why is that important to you? Well, I think that the more people, the more people I help, especially in, uh, in the, in this industry, the more people they can influence. So it's just a snowball effect. Let's, let's talk about, I don't know if you've read Robert Jordan's Will of Time. The Will of Time series. No. Oh, no. Everybody says I need to read that. Not yet, but I will. So um, I read those as a young boy. And well, let's 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 backtrack. How about Lord of the Rings? Have you read Lord of the Rings? Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. So like I, I can I can pick out characterization, characterization um, traits of like Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli and in, in myself. And I think that's like with your books, with them being self-help, uh, tied into not really self-help but tied into it. yeah but tied into it with this genre more than any else um people can relate to characters and find strength in them and grow and and help so the more people i help the more people they can help okay i'm gonna do one more yeah. here why is it important for them to be able to help more people why does that fire you up because the world will be a better place essentially Okay. So just for privacy's sake, I'm not going to keep asking why, because some people will start to break down and cry <laughs> by the time they get to the seventh why. But the, so what you, you can see how we're getting a little bit deeper, right? Because you started out with saying, I want to create the number one podcast. Well, why do you want to do that? Because I want to help other people. Why do you want to help other people? I want other people to be able to help other people. Why? Because I want the world to be a better place. If I keep asking you why, and we get to the seventh why, That'll be the trick. And then that will that will reveal your real why. So that might be because, like, for example, for Dean Graziosi, he realized that his why was, I want to be in control. And I just never want my kids to have to go through all the stuff that I've been through. His original why, his very first why was, I want to help people, right? So like the deeper you go, that's where you find your true heart motivation. So I was like, wow, that's so cool. So try that on yourself you know? <laughs> after the podcast. I don't want to make you cry. <laughs> so um, try that. And it's going to be so illuminating about yourself because then you'll know, oh, you know, I, this is why I do what I do. And when you have down days, remind yourself, this is my true why. That's why it's important. So I thought to myself one day, what if I can apply this to fiction writing? And I started doing that with my characters in conjunction with what I was applying with these other two books. And oh my gosh, once you find that true why, you can create an amazing character arc. So just really quick, as an example, <clears throat> for my second book, my character is Aerodine's true why is, I really want the approval and love of the white men in my court because she's lacking self-love. So now I can build this entire story so I can plot it out, but I can also characterize and align plot and characterization arcs with her transforming from I need their approval and love to I need somebody else's love, my my love interest love to I finally accept myself and I have the strength to overcome the bad guy. And you can plot that out with like, you know, battles. You can plot that out with like, you know, uh, like action scenes as well. But you're also changing your character along those plot points. So if you align those three resources that I just gave you, that's how you write a book every two, eight to 12 months, if not sooner. That's great. That's going to get good ratings. Nice. If not great. I think those are great resources. How do you come up with the book? Like, do you usually plot it or do you, do you start with characters or do you just kind of have yeah. guideposts and just kind of go from there? Yeah. I love these questions, Carson. You're like really firing me up. I love talking about writing. <laughs> so for me in particular, I find that 
premise is always the biggest thing for me. So for example, this fourth book, I wrote it back in 2008. So kind of already know how it falls into place. But if I were writing it from the beginning, the premise is, okay, the main character is the prince of the most powerful, wealthiest family in the entire world, in this fantasy world. And all the other kingdoms look up to this family because this family was the family that started, established the four kingdoms. So they're like the holiest, most divine family. Eris is like, well, I live in this family. And to be honest, they are super corrupt and they just do horrible dehumanizing things. And so he has to really battle with, okay, but everybody's like, this is the best family ever. And his family teaches him family before everything, blood before everything. So he has conflict with, okay, everybody says that my family is the greatest thing in the world. And my family, my loved ones who I love the most, they say family before everything. So he has that versus his inner heart knowing they're so wrong and I don't want to be a part of them. But then that's going to go against, you know, everything that I know and my love for them, but I can't, you know, morally stay here. So um, having that premise of, okay, what would I, what kind of a character would I need to create to fit the premise of family? Sometimes you have to turn against family to do the right thing. What would be like the best character for that? How can I really raise the stakes? So I have to create a character who thinks that family is everything because if they don't care, that's not going right. to matter. Like who cares if I have to turn against family, but character who really cares, that's where I really characterize. And that's where I start to build that character out based on the seven levels deep exercise and based on the Brandilyn Collins book that I also brought up. So for me, I just, I, I think that it's easier to come up with a premise and then to create a character, to create the highest stakes, to go with that premise, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then do you do the world building and stuff afterwards? Yeah. Oh man. So I was on another podcast and I talked about world building the entire time and I love world building. So here's what I would suggest. You can really get tied up in research. So what I would suggest is, you know, if you're really learning your new his, your, your new world, here's some things to start out with. I think it's always easiest to base it on some kind of a culture that exists. So for example, for Stormfire, I based it very heavily on ancient Greece. You can change it. You shouldn't, in fact, make it entirely like ancient Greece because you're writing your own fantasy novel, right. not historical fiction. So you can go ahead and change that. Um, so I would do maybe a little bit of research to give you an idea, kind of like the feel of the world, but I would not dwell, like don't dwell because you're going to go down the rabbit hole and never finish your book. So typically for me, what I'll do is um, for this, the current book that I'm writing, it's based on medieval, uh, medieval Middle East. So like Arabia, but also ancient Egypt too. So while I'm writing, I also spend 15 minutes a day, you know, reading a little bit about some back history on daily life in these areas. Mm -hmm. And then I've stopped, you know, because I'm like, I really need to write. So I'll write my first draft and then I'll write my second draft. And it's not until I'm at the third draft, usually about like, I'm pretty much ready to submit this to my copy editor that I'm like, now I'll research and fill in the details from there. Okay. I just find that to be easier because then again, you're not dwelling and not delaying your book and releasing it like two years from yeah. now. I think that's a very, very clever idea because um, then you have the story. You have the story. And yeah. It's, it's not always in your mind. I don't know about you, but like when you're always thinking about something that you have to do, like you kind of get anxiety. And if you're thinking about, yeah, if, you if do. you're thinking about a book and not doing anything with it, you, you get anxiety. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of yeah. like a brain dump. Like let's, let's get this out and then we can fix it. You know, it's like, 
driving exactly. a parked exactly. car, you can't do it. But if it's moving just a little bit, somebody's pushing it, you can steer yeah. it just a little bit. You just feel so much better and everything's going to flow. And Carson, honestly, this is just me, unless you're writing historical fiction, you know, but for fantasy fiction specifically, if your story isn't hashed out enough that you need to know more about the world to get the major plot points down, you're doing something wrong. You know, like the supporting stuff should be maybe for like fun scenes, like a food scene or like, I don't know, an entertainment scene. But again, like it shouldn't influence the the actual spine of your plot. Right. So that's why like I leave world building at the end. Perfect. Awesome. Well, um, I'll let you go. I've tied up an hour of your time. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. It's been fun. I appreciate you so much for um, agreeing to meet with me. Uh, will you tell everybody how they can get your books uh if you have a newsletter or something go ahead and like contact information yeah, go ahead and say that absolutely yeah absolutely so right now my books are only available on amazon so you can find them at kindle my name is jasmine young first book is stormfire the series name is four kingdoms origins and then my author website is www.jasmineyoungauthor.com so young isn't like young person and there you can subscribe if you do you get some goodies from me and then you get to be a part of my epic legends family which is always fun do you have any social media that you do I do. I do. So I'm most active on Instagram. Okay. So my Instagram name is Jasmine Young official. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Jasmine Young, the author. You can also find uh, the page for Stormfire at Stormfire, the novel. And I'm on Twitter as Jasmine E. Young. Perfect. Thanks again. I look forward to reading your books. I haven't yet, but I will buy them for my, my son who's 13 right now. So Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah, no, I hope he enjoys. And thank you so much, Carson, for reaching out to me. I really appreciate your time too. I would love to continue to follow you on your journey of putting out um, this information, these interviews. So I really appreciate you reaching out to me and, and I hope that we can keep in touch. Oh, for sure. Thank you for listening to the Troy Podcast. Please subscribe, like, and share with your friends.